Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a bi-weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? I thought that would be an appropriate opening for this one. Um, How? Why? um, As in the song, Kesha does say tick tock on the clock. So there you have it. What do you think about that? Mike is pouring a bottle of something. He's shaking it. Um, I'm not sure the, the contents of the bottle. Um, but I'm only assuming it is alcoholic. This week we're doing House with a Clock in the Walls. <laughs> with vodka. Right? Okay. It's only 8 a.m. in the morning. No, it's not. It's like 2.45. And I'm recording this from inside a church. You're also at like a dare conference, too. So like, it's really weird. It's a, it just seems like at a really inappropriate time to well, be drinking. See, I'm introducing a new dare program where I just sit in a room with them and I get obliterated drunk. And they like, and I make them watch me like puke and like cry. And it's like, um, scared sober, basically. Like, they have to take care of me, yeah, until I wake up sober. I'm not gonna put this friend on blast, so I won't name them. I did hold a friend's hair back while she puked at a bar, and on the way home, she told me she was gonna bake me a cake to say thank you. Did you ever get that cake? Yes, the next day, she baked a small cake for me and tried to ice it with thank you for holding my hair. That's great. It was a good cake. What, what flavor was the cake? I believe it was chocolate. This has been a few years ago now. Okay. I've never got gifts for helping friends out while they're drunk, mainly because I'm always the friend that is drunk. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. So this week we are doing House with a Clock in the Walls. So what do you think of this one? Because I I kind of pitched this one to you that I really wanted to do it. I think it's a perfectly uh, fine movie on my end. I would say if you... uh, if you liked our Cirque de Freak episode, I think these are two very similar movies. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. in plot, like points and like how the movies like pan out from beginning to end and also just sort of overall aesthetic and mood. Uh, would you agree with that? I mean, they're a coming of age story in general. So the, a lot of the aspects are going to just be like reskinned versions of the other. Specifically a coming of age movie in like a fantastical magical world. Yeah, like exactly. Where this this person who didn't know ma- about magic before is now learning about magic and that, that these things exist in the world. I think I would watch this before I would rewatch Cirque de Freak, mainly because this didn't feel like the opening of a series of movies. Like there are sequels to the book this is based off of, mm-hmm. but this was very much an adventure and not quite the like beginning of a hopeful franchise. Yeah. I could see that. And I feel like the Cirque de Freak, looking, when we did our Cirque de Freak episode, I looked into, like, the future of, like, the books and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that this movie had a feel. Like Cirque de Freak, um, I, looking into, like, the future of where the books go, 
it only gets interesting, more interesting as that those books go on. I feel like maybe it's similar with this franchise, possibly since it is the first movie. It just kind of getting used to um, what this world is like and what magic is like and everything. Have you have you read read the? No, I haven't. I will probably after this, but I also didn't want to come in with like ideas from the book for sure. I don't. I just this was this definitely was a standalone adventure though. Like I could see it setting up like, and now next time more adventures with these people, and it wasn't like oh man, now that it's set up, we'll just wait. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this will ever get sequels. Do you think it will be? I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it did enough business for there to to be a demand for it. Uh, I'm probably sure it made its budget back, but I haven't done the math on that one. Wait, did somebody say math? I mean, yes, I empirically said math. Oh, this okay. Time. Well, then let's let's go over to um, Madison's math facts then. Okay. okay yes. Cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're yeah, yeah. Go now. That's that's what I was setting up. Oh. That was the segue. I was. Oh, okay. Well, let's yeah, let's yeah. head over there like now. A, okay. Yeah. Cool. The math is out there. That's right, everybody. We're back to the um, Madison's math facts again. Um, this uh, Mad- Madison's math facts is now in its season two stage, where math now stands for Madison's amazing tidbits of heedfulness. It's just basically movie trivia. Um, I'll try to sprinkle math in whenever I can, but hey, there's only so many math facts in the world, and uh, most of them aren't that interesting. Shots fired, mathematicians. Be sure to email us at the Equalizers with all of your very interesting math facts. Yes, please. I, I would. I would really appreciate that. And then. Maybe you can come on the show and share about what what it's like to be a mathematician and like what you do in your life. And maybe you can start your own podcast and stop commenting on ours. Beetlejuice 2, Meet Dave 2, Interview with Mathematician. So, Madison's Math Fact 1. This is Eli Roth's first film not to be rated R. Do you think like he went into this movie thinking it was going to be rated R and there was going to be like way more like blood or gore or something? And then like they're like, oh, wait, no, this is like a PG movie. I'm not sure. From what I understand, the first book that this is based off of had a lot more like necromancy and was like much kind of darker in tone. And it was more about the kid coming to terms with his parents death through this kind of dark adventure. And they really kind of lightened it up for the movie. So maybe he thought it was going to be darker. I don't know if he thought it was going to be R. Yeah. Like I kind of ha- I kind of hoped it would be darker a little bit once the necromancy part got in. I mean it kind of did. The woman This is Florence Zimmerman. Yeah, which was pretending to be um the kid's mom and talking to him, which is which is pretty fucked up, but they were evil, I guess. Math fact number 2. The second post-credit scene with the chair chasing the griffin was inspired by Gunnar Hannison's Leatherface spinning performance at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Have you seen that? I have not. It is probably one of the most legitimately horrifying like scenes in like a horror movie for me. Um, if you're not into like gore and horror movies at all, I don't really do horror movies. I, it's not like oh I'm so scared. I just don't care for them and i'll watch them and go home and be like haha so fake but then i'm like laying awake at night like nope there's they're out there somebody's out there like it just they freak me out madison's madison's math i can't say my own name (laughs) red leather yellow leather red leather red leather leather. there you go i'm I'm fixed now you're fixed i'm fixed yeah yeah don't forget to have your co-host spade neutered yeah 
I'm actually wearing a coat, a cone on my neck right now. It's making this whole recording setup very difficult. What's weirder is that I can clearly see you're also wearing a cone on your penis. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think you wanted to look at the stitches. Thank you. Madison's math fact. Number three. Jonathan's last name is Barnevelt. The same name as Lewis. But Jonathan is Lewis's mother's brother. And his last name should be her maiden name, not Barnevelt. The only way they both could be named Barnevelt would be if her husband's name also just happened to be Barnevelt, or if the family used a naming convention that was extremely unusual and non-conforming by the standards of the 1940s and 1950s. Plot hole. This movie doesn't make any sense now. Oh my god. Yeah, we should just not do it anymore. Uh, Jack Black really dropped the ball on that one. I texted Jackson last night when I was rewatching this that the most unbelievable part of the movie is that Lewis owns all of these dictionaries and knows what everything is, but doesn't know what a kimono is. Right. The bookishness of Lewis, like, just seemed to be relevant for where convenient in the movie. The bookishness of Lewis sounds like some kind of feel-good uh, paperback that you'd buy at Walmart. Like, it's like an ABC Family TV show. Math facts are done. Well, why don't we segue right then into Daddy's Tomatoes. Our um, first review. Did you squish these tomatoes uh, with your uh, mind powers, like uh, Jack Black squished the the pumpkin? Yeah, I was playing saxophone at a big bowl of tomatoes and squished all of them. Yeah, I, I was actually really hoping in that scene. Sorry to segue. Sorry to tangent, but I was actually really hoping. Um, that he would never play the saxophone in that scene because he was just holding it for a very long time, like <laughs> before. I'm just, I was just hoping like he just would never play yeah. it. They're all just holding some kind of brass instrument. They don't play them at all in the scene, and then it's the next scene. Yeah, thank you. Please bring uh, me this the first, tomatoes. This first review More comes tomatoes, from. Sir. Go ahead, keep it. No, keep going. Please, sir, can I have more tomatoes? Some more what? Tomatoes, sir. You want more? Okay, this first review comes from Beppis P. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Who gave this movie five stars. I like lizards, noobs. End of review. <laughs> he did spell noobs with two zeros, so you know he's legit. Don't let your Beppis ever pee on your uh, rug or anything, because you can't get that out. <laughs> Everybody knows Beppis P. Is <laughs> just, once it's in there, it's in there. It's the stankiest of the peas. What's, what's that stank smell like? Oh, um... Um, it's like cat pee, but more peppery. <laughs> That's to it. Um, so Beppis loves lizards, I guess. Um, were lizards yeah. ever in this movie? I guess the snake was the purple snake. I think that's maybe it. Did Lewis have an, a lizard? I've seen this movie like four or five times now, and I should probably know if anyone had a lizard. I mean, um, the one lady had a rat. But, I do want to call it that that snake was called William Snakespear. Yeah, it was great. Which is very good. Yeah. And whose and whose snake was it? I couldn't really understand that. It was it was Mrs. Florence Zimmerman's. It was her snake. Okay. Yeah, and she tried to turn it purple, but because her magic's all goofed. Got it. That's why it's it turned into that, that big old monster. Yeah. Um, our next review comes from Indy F, who gave this one star. If you bring a kid under ten to this. They might shit themselves. End of review. But over 10 and over, it, they're they're fine. What you don't know is that Jack Black actually plays the brown note, but if you're over 10 years old, you just can't hear it. Yeah, yeah. That whole song is just the brown note. Yeah. 
Which is why the topiary takes a massive shit a bunch of times, too. It's only 10 years old. See, I, I almost, like, ejector seated out after that that happened the first time. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, I get it. Like, this this joke is not funny. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't. It was really um, cheap. I didn't really understand the lion thing either. Because the lion turned on them at the end, but then they were fine. Yeah. Because because after Lewis brought back the Colin McLaughlin's character... He was like the true owner of the house, so the house became loyal to him. Oh, okay. But once he died, then it now it's loyal to them again. Yeah, I mean the pumpkins weren't jumping around being happy pumpkins at any other point in the movie, was it? I I feel like they could have had the pumpkin puking orange glue onto Jack Black's face or the shitting topiary. They really didn't need both. Yeah, like you can have one body expulsion humor joke. The pumpkin puke was a little more relevant to the story. The the, That's sh- fair. the shitting topiary was just a cheap, uh, a cheap joke that they were trying yeah. to push off and kept trying to do. <laughs> this time it'll be funny. I will say, if they did it like two more times, it would probably would have been funny. Those are the end of the tomatoes. Pitch time. Pitch time. So, do we want to continue? the story with the house or do we want to go out into the world i wrote down some ideas that i now cannot find the list of here it is so i i have one idea and then two things like or a few things i just made a note of from the movie that maybe we could explore if we wanted to um i'll i'll go with my idea at the end of this list but the university of Gottingen, which apparently is a magic school that mrs z got her some magicorum doctorum or whatever from the Jack Black mentioned. So we have like a wizard school. Okay. There was a movie when when Jack Black picks Lewis up from the bus. There's a marquee for spacemen from Pluto. We could do something like a space like War of the Worlds, aliens type thing. Because this is roughly this is like the 50s. Yeah. Fun fact: spaceman from Pluto was going to be the original name of uh, Back to the Future. Um, and I that is what that, that is re- referencing. That was a. That was a, a trashed uh, Madison math fact that I did not include. Ovaltine. I just wrote that down because that was a thing that weirdly came up a decent amount. Yeah. The moon landing's like maybe 10-ish years away from mm-hmm. about when this movie starts. So we could jump ahead to something to do with the moon landing. Mrs. Z talk, calls them Grimm's histories. Like where the Grimm brothers wrote their histories. We could maybe do something with that. And then my idea uh, that I just asked. It's a thing I accidentally said was the clock with a house in the walls. And I don't know what that means. Maybe like borrowers type people. Like they live in one of the clocks in the house. Oh, maybe I didn't or... even catch it until you said. <laughs> okay. But that's what I have. Um, um, let's look at like the original movie. And because I like those. And I think like we can go, we can work like one of those or a couple of those in, I think. But what do we feel like the ramifications of the first movie are? I mean, as far as the house, seemingly nothing. Do you think they died? Who? Kyle McLaughlin and the other lady. Oh, yeah. I think they clearly died. I didn't think it like super fucking crushed. Yeah. Well, they they got debirthed by the um, by the clock magic. Right. Um, Wow. Debirthed by the clock magic sounds like a really shitty like metal band song. Yeah. Um. I think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Something like this, I'm wildly uninterested in bringing back the first movie's villain. Okay. 
I, I think that there are movies where it makes sense, like, oh, we can do this really well, but this feels like a movie where it would just be like, but this time, he's even more bad. I think we press forward. Yeah. What about the book? The creepy demon book yeah. thing? Because, obviously, it's a tome of danger, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. It was called the Tome of Danger. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's called the Tome of Danger and Death and stuff. Um, and uh, what if the next movie has them taking that book somewhere within the magic community to be like sealed away, like safer, hmm. since it like led to Kyle MacLachlan's resurrection? <laughs> okay. So, also name of a metal band, Kyle MacLachlan's resurrection, and maybe they go to Chicago or uh, Milwaukee or somewhere near you that you have some knowledge of yeah um i mean i i don't know where they would take it in chicago probably like the field museum or the um like i feel like washington dc makes a lot of sense one it's the capital of america and two there's all the stuff about the masons and that's true all that stuff uh louisiana is also a very magical city what if the masons are the enemy in the movie I love it. I love that the Masons are the enemies. Like, that's perfect. Do they wear old, do they still dress in like old timey, like powdered wigs and tricorn hats and like the jackets and stuff? Like, do they dress like George Washington and all those guys? Um, I mean, it's like the fifties, right? So. Yeah. But I mean, it's just a weird secret society that. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Like maybe in their underground times, I don't think like they walk above ground and are like, like that. Yeah. Maybe they're henchmen, like the, the, who do like the chase scenes and stuff. Yeah. Are wearing like some kind of, although I kind of like the idea of them in just like very nice black suits, like professional black suits, and then just like a tricorn hat instead of yeah the other stuff. But so they're going to take the book to be stored in the Smithsonian or something like that, or Fort Knox. Smithsonian. Um, That's in Kentucky, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, there's like the Washington Monument. There's the Lincoln Monument. What if it's under the reflecting pool? You know that long <laughs> yeah. uh, rectangular pool between the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Monument? Yeah. What if that's like, there's something there? Okay. Because demons hate water. And aliens, as we've learned from the movie Signs. Yes. A movie I've definitely seen. Let's see here. So they're taking it to Washington, D.C. under the reflecting pool. Um, who's their contact there? Like, who runs this? Like, um, hmm. do you think it's the government? Like, No, or... I don't think so. It's it's the shadow of the shadow government. It's kind of like in Harry Potter, with like the Ministry of Magic. I think there is like a magical government and they probably work like with the United States government. Like it, it's, I don't think the president of the United States is in charge of deciding what, although that would be very funny. Who would have been the president at that point? John Kennedy. We could get John Kennedy in this as like the person who's in charge of okay <laughs> the magical artifacts of America. I, I think when we enter, so we need to decide um, like who the ministry is and who's the contact at the ministry is. Yeah. And who plays that person. <clears throat> And then who plays John F. Kennedy? Because <laughs> I think there's a scene where they meet each other and like it can be a very brief. It's just like, oh, OK, this Ministry of Magic is working with the uh, American government. And I said Ministry of Magic, but this isn't going to be Harry Potter. Yeah. We'll give it a new name here in a second. Yeah. I think we just get a JFK impersonator. I don't think we need a celebrity. What if it's like John Mulaney? OK, OK. I feel like he's maybe more FDR, but... Yeah, I mean... 
No, I think he could do John F. Kennedy. We'll just have John Mulaney be John F. Kennedy. Okay, in our movie. cool. So they enter this facility. Um, how do they get into it? Is it like do they stand? Do they have to like stand in the reflecting pool or in like or maybe uh, Mrs. Uh, Kate Blanchett? <laughs> uh, yeah, like Mrs. Z. Mrs. Z. She. They wait. They go to the corner of the reflecting pool. Then they like wave. Her, she waves her hand over it, and then like there's like a, a like a little staircase that they have to like quickly go into, and then it like disappears again. What if they walk up to the corner of it, and she reaches down and picks it up like it's a rug? Oh, like, that's like, good. And it looks like a rug, and there's a stairway down there, and it's just like very and like nobody notices, but she basically like it looks like it's a rug when she picks it up, not like it. I don't know. I just think that's super cool. That's fun. Like I visual. like that. Yeah. So then they head down, and who's who's the main contact at this? Um, Let's name the let's name the the organization. It could be um, Guild of Calamitous Intent. Yeah. No. Wait. See, organization, bureau, coven, foundation, coven, of... coven. I'm coven up. You better get your magic started. Uh, it's too bad I'm not collecting for a sound or uh, that's what I call the Equalizers Volume Two. Yeah, yeah. Coven. I like Coven. I think Coven is is interesting. Coven of Antiquity. The uh, Coven Department. The Coven. Oh, that sounds like a sub branch yeah. of the organization. That sounds like that sounds like a part of the brand, a part of the organization that yeah. handles uh, all of the documentation of the different covens that exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, coven of. Well, I don't know if, if, yeah. Magical idols. Um, magic. Comey. <laughs> um, I mean, the Bureau of Magic Baby Bomb. Um, magic Baby Bobby Bumpers. Yeah, um, buggy bumpers. Yeah, um, I like coven because I like like instead of department of it's coven of. Yeah, but I mean that's that seems more like then we need a bigger umbrella. Yeah. So like, oh you, yeah, you'll you need to go talk to somebody from the coven of artifact retrieval or something like that. We need like a guild of. This is going to be the whole entire episode. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um. Hold on. I have. I'm, let me give me a minute. I'm gonna build an acronym. Two thousand years later. So we can just call it Grimoire, but it's like an agency. Like it, it's the the overarching agency. And, and, it's, and what is it again? So guild guild of rituals, incantations, magical objects, illusions, runes, and enchantments. Listeners, we took twenty minutes out of our podcast to come up with that, and I'm going to leave some of us working on it so it doesn't sound like we just knocked that out yeah, of the yeah. park and won. Yeah, I but just, there I just, is. I just want our listeners to know that we spent a good amount of time on that. The next thing you're going to hear is my voice edited in after I've edited it down to tell you exactly how long we spent once I can actually clock it in the edit. Hey, it's Mike here, totally Mike from the future, to say that. It took us about 5 minutes and 30 seconds to come up with that acronym for Grimoire. And most of that time was us just sitting in silence trying to think of a cool magic R word for the second R in Grimoire. So, yeah. Well, take it away, past Mike and Madison.
All right, so uh, they go meet Grimoire, and they, um, in Grimoire, there's... In the Coven of Magical Objects. In the Coven of Magical Objects in Grimoire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we locked that down. It took so long, but it was worth it. Um, so, in the Coven of Magical Objects um, in the Grimoire, um, they meet their uh, Jonathan's contact, who uh, is named Lyle. Ooh, that's good. Lyle. Lyle. Are we going to go for rolling-esque names, like weird, stupid last names, or like... Lyle... Fantastical? Um, uh, Lyle oh, Woodhaven. See. That's really good. I have a list on my phone of weird last names I've come up with that I'll keep at the ready, just in case. For sure. But what you said is really good. Lyle Woodhaven is the Woodhaven. contact in the coven of magical antiquities. <laughs> and they are played by... Um, I want to say John C. Riley, but I feel like we've used John C. Riley a lot. Yeah, but um, we need a guy or a person. Once we need a person, yeah, presumably male because the name Lyles yeah. traditionally male, who is roughly what sixty-ish, pushing sixty probably. Yeah, I'd say fifties, sixties. Um, and they are played by. Who's like someone you trust, like an old comedian or actor that you trust um, that would, would be able to play off of Jack Black? I see Danny DeVito here on a list. I don't know how you feel about what about Cedric the Entertainer? Yeah, sure. Cedric the Entertainer. That's a good one. Playing Lyle Woodhaven. Playing st- star making turn. Yeah, playing Lyle Woodhaven. They are going to do their best to like keep. Is there like a safe, do we think? Here's what I, th- I have an idea that maybe we c- will help juice this a little bit. What if they're, they're coming here kind of unofficially because they don't trust Grimoire as an entity to own this book. Like this is pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah. So they're not going to like officially put it in Grimoire, they're, but they trust Lyle to like quietly put it on a shelf somewhere so nobody knows because lyle is a good friend of jonathan who happens to be Mm -hmm. work within this system yeah yeah like if it if it's anybody he trusts it's lyle then we can add it's a thriller element of like keeping this secret from the government or maybe grimoire finds it yeah and starts trying to use it yeah for something and maybe for years jonathan like lied about like having it um because for sure for sure he didn't trust the um the magical regulators. Uh, so we know we know canonically that Kyle McLaughlin's character died a year before this movie is set because somebody says that it's been only been a year. Yeah. So are we jumping forward sometime, or yeah, or does he just lied and said that it was destroyed? Um, I think a few years. I mean, I think Jonathan's always lied about the book, right? Right. Um, and then um. Because he's had it for years, like, or he's had it for a year, and mm-hmm. then the events of the movie happened, and then maybe because the magic magical community would definitely know that that happened, right? He so, lied and said it was destroyed. So they're kind of asking questions, and there's like investigators, and maybe at the beginning of the movie we see like invest like some magical like investigators coming by asking questions, and then like mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Z is eventually like we have to tell them they're going to find out. Um, they're going to disrupt our lives here. Um, and honestly, it's obviously not safe here. So maybe we should contact Lyle. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And Jonathan's not cool with doing it, but since it's Lyle, he'll entertain the idea. And it's hopefully protecting Lewis as well. Yeah. Because um, maybe they, maybe if the government finds out he has the book after he's been lying to them, they'll mm-hmm. take Lewis away, maybe. Or. Well, he'll go to jail for sure. And then Lewis will probably have to go into the foster system for a while until Mrs. Z could adopt him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good setup for like why they need to. Sure. Yeah. So is this going to be them just trying to get to Lyle? And once they get there, everything like, like, is it a race against the operatives? We talked about the, the Masons being the enemies Yeah. of this movie. Well, and I think the whole thing with like the Masons and the Illuminati is you don't know who's in it. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that's something that Jonathan doesn't now like like like, like that's Uh why that's maybe some of his hesitations of like he um i think they're definitely a force like Mm -hmm. within the world that the they know about but there's hidden operatives that are like integrated in the government and there's i i think that there's like a rumor that they've been looking for an all-powerful artifact Mm -hmm. um and so once the events of the first movie happen, people know that it's still out there and it still exists. Mm-hmm. So like not only is the magical government going down on them, like, but maybe something happens at the house and people mm. f- from the Illuminati try to steal the book. Okay. So I guess we're still, is it, are they trying to, is it like a, we have to get this book to DC and along in the movie is them being like trying to get there and they're being like, there's car chases and somebody breaks in their hotel room or is it more of a political like kind of throw where they get there they drop the book off and then something happens like i was imagining it being the latter i don't know if it's like a okay. road trip story I'm, fi- I'm fine with that i just i think we need to nail down yes we do exactly what because we kind of set up a possible road trip adventure yeah um, um but okay. that could be fun what if what if they are doing a road trip? It's a, it is a family movie, right? Like so, like what if it's like a family road trip to drop off this book? Um, but they are, it's summer vacation, and they uh, are going across the country to. I mean, they're in Michigan, so I guess it's not really across the country um, to get to DC. But I think there is much more we can do with DC being the setting. Okay. Imagine this. There's a fight where somebody magics the Lincoln Monument and Abraham Lincoln stands up and just starts like punching hordes of like Masons and Illuminati people and like it's just just mixing it up in DC. We could also have that at the end though. Like that could be like the end of the road trip. Like 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 once they get there. Yeah, I I I think it fits more in a movie where they've been in Washington DC for a while. Yeah. What if Um, what if they take a plane? Mm-hmm. and there's something that happens on the plane and we can do something there and then there's this white like ape-like figure on the wing yeah. next to jack Black's seat that's really fucking around with it and no one believes him yeah okay so they're trying to get the book there uh uh-huh. i think mo- most of it does happen in dc but i think we could do like maybe a travel scene yeah i'm fine with with that so like they're on the plane they can't really get kidnapped out of a plane. Yeah. I mean, magic, I guess they could. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's take a step back from that. So the Illuminati is trying to steal the book for what reason? Are they trying to raise the I mean, dead I think, of someone? I don't know if, I don't know if we need 
the I mean, it's this all po- a super powerful dark magic book. Like, I think that can also just be reason enough. But the well, the thing is, eventually they're gonna get it right, and then like in the movie, and then they're gonna have to stop them. So they, I think, we need to have some sort of like reason that they want it because they're gonna use it to take over the world. Like, what if they're they're gonna do it to raise the dead of who they're gonna bring back? Hmm. Or is there an army that they're going to raise? They're going to raise the dead army to take over. That could work. I think I think a, a zombie army could work. Okay. To overthrow the American government. Yeah. Okay. And then arguably the world. Okay. Um, and is there a central figure in the in the Illuminati, like the main? Well, we did establish in the post credit scene of Rami and Michelle turned 50. Jennifer Aniston is the like the act, a character played by Jennifer Aniston is the head of the Illuminati. We should probably give her a name, I think. Yeah, yeah. What's something kind of like sinister or like a good villain name? Her name is Jan. <laughs> Jan? Okay. Jan. Jan, like the middle the middle sister in the Brady Bunch. Jan, that kind of jam. canonically very evil and sinister. Yes. I mean, she did lie and make up a whole boyfriend. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, and she did basically break break Marsha's nose. She did basically break Marsha's nose. I think she did that. Um, I think she also broke the um, the the <laughs> anniversary gift. She also broke up her parents' first marriage. Um, I'm pretty sure both their families died. <laughs> um, well, well, Jan did it. Jan did it. Uh, uh, whatever. Some more Brady Bunch plot points. Um, there's the Tiki no, we need to, Idol. We've been going. Hawaii, we, need to, we need to knuckle uh, in on this. We need to knuckle in on this, Madison. This is already going to be a very long episode. She she conjured cousin Ralphie or whatever his fucking name is. Uh, <laughs> that's actually her dark familiar. Yeah, that's her um, dark familiar. Okay, let's get let's get going. Uh, but canonically, canonically in this movie, Jan from the Brady Bunch is Jennifer Aniston in this movie, right? No. Um, <laughs> we could come up with a, a a more interesting last name. Jan. I mean, Jan, short for Janet, arguably. Yeah, Jan. Uh, Thorn Crest. Janet Thorncrest. Okay, that sounds very regal and yeah. Okay. Um, she sounds rich too. Thorncrest sounds like a, mm-hmm. a rich name. Um, so she is a head Illuminati, and she wants the book to raise an army. So, how, okay, so we get the book to Lyle. What what happens on the plane, real quick? Like they're just attacked. Pretty much, and there's like a cool magic fight, or I. What if um, so someone on the plane, uh, they get they get on the plane. Jonathan's really nervous about like the book being under in storage, right? Because um, mm-hmm. they have to do that. Oh um, no, the book's in his carry on. I think you think they wouldn't let it out of their sight. Okay, something um, like that. I, if, if especially if like the Mason slash Illuminati after it, the thing that you probably don't do is put it in a suitcase that you cannot watch like a hawk. Okay. So it's on his carry-on yeah, above his seat. So he mm-hmm. um, he uh, is a watchful eye. Mrs. Z is across the aisle so she can see who, like, if anyone comes up and, like, opens that compartment. Um, I like I like the idea of, in like, the visual of the, all three of them sitting together. 
And Jack Black is by the window, Mississippi in the middle, Lewis on the aisle. And every time anybody even passes by, Jack Black gets up and makes his way to the aisle and checks the carry like overhead. But he yeah. does this like four times on oh, screen yeah. for sure. before anything for sure. actually happens. I think that's a much like that's a very funny visual for sure. Um, and I think he goes to um, uh, he goes to the restroom at one point. Uh-huh. Um, and whoever the agent on the plane is, that the Illuminati mm-hmm. agent, um, uh, they like put a hex on like the lock so he can't get out. So okay. he's he, he keeps trying to like, um, and I think he keeps trying to like he's like blasting like like magic bolts, but it's not working. Um, um, let's get the entire cast of Pan Am because they all played like flight attendants, see, and I think the flight attendants are the Illuminati uh, people. It's like Christina Ricci. Like Hex's Jack Black. Okay. Wouldn't he also need his saxophone? So is he just like clutching his saxophone on the plane and he takes it with him to the bathroom on the plane? Sure. Um, he never travels without a saxophone. I have this image and, and it may just be just for a, a stupid joke, but um, mm-hmm. I want one of the, uh, to cause chaos amongst like the passengers so they can steal the carry-on. Uh, mm-hmm. What if uh, uh, one of the maybe Christina Ricci's character, she turns mm-hmm. into snakes and Ooh, they, that's good. they like swivel everywhere. And then, um, um, it causes chaos, but I also want, um, uh, Samuel Jackson to be the captain on the plane. If that's possible. Just for the for snakes on, a for plane. The, snakes on yeah. the plane reference. If that's, if that's cool. Um, cause that's really great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tired of all these motherfucking masons on this motherfucking plane okay so that they i think it'd be a neat a neat angle if they're like running through the aisle of the plane and they get to like the galley or they get to like a bathroom a different bathroom and they like open it and like we see them open the door to run in and then we cut to them like running out of a bathroom in washington dc oh okay but that like takes like we have to do like maybe like Mrs. Z does it and is very like weak now like that's like the reason they didn't just do that in the first place was that like it, the effort would have killed her yeah. they were close enough that she could get it done but it, like really she'll need like she'll need to take a long rest to get all her uh, all her hit dice back. What if it's everyone on the plane is part of the Illuminati and then like no because that wouldn't make sense for the snake part for no one would be freaking out. Um, I love that you you wanted to preserve your joke of a person turning into snakes more than you wanted to make everyone in the play in the Illuminati. Yeah. 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 Snake joke is perf. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, okay. So they, they do that. They're in DC. They go under the reflecting pool. They meet with Lyle. They give him the book. They leave the, they leave grimoire. Mm-hmm. And then I think the, like, head of grimoire comes down and is like so got anything new in recently like knows and lyle tries to play it off and then as he like starts to try to get away we see the flight attendants like come out of the shadows yeah i i think um to set it up a little bit more do we want do we want um danny devito to be the leader uh we said cedric the entertainer oh Oh, no no, that's right right so of the the leader of the whole grimoire I kind of think it's somebody young, like not younger, but more like. I think to mirror the image of John F. Kennedy and his like appearance, like it's someone young and like charismatic. I forgot. I forgot we were meeting John F. Kennedy. See, Kennedy would have been like forty-ish. 
So, what if it's like Chris Evans or something like that, or um, hmm. it could be Chris Evans, or it could be like Mark Ruffalo or um, any of the Avengers crew. I mean, do we want to get that Hemsworth action we, going? We could do the other Chris. The other Chris. Yeah. Chris too. The Mighty Chris. Yeah. There's a difference. There's Captain Chris and there's the Mighty Chris. Yeah. And then there's a uh, Chris Extra. <laughs> Who's that? It's Chris Catan. <laughs> he's 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 too much. <laughs> let's cite Hemsworth or Evans. Um, let's do Hemsworth. I think Hemsworth right, is so funnier. And, cool. What's his name? Because you're on that name. You got that naming fire. His name is Charles. I think he needs not a plain name, but like like Charles as the first name. Just something hey, like because Lyle has that kind of interesting flavor. I think that being that he's like the leader and he's not like whatever. I think just something kind of more plain. I, I, my, the other names are like uh like compound words. Like, you know, like, yeah, so no, it's... the last name I'm saying the last name could be a compound word, yeah, and that's cool. I just meant the first name needed to maybe be something, yeah. I just don't want it to be like Ravenloft or like Raven Charles Crabtree. That's not, that, that's not too bad, Charles Crabtree. What about no, no, I was gonna do like some kind of magical creature like Griffin Tree, but I think Crabtree's better. Griffin Hedge, Charles Griffin Hedge. I think Crabtree works, okay. Uh, that sounds very like upper management yeah kind of for sure maybe that's, there's a thing he has like he's in, is an inferiority complex because his last name is like crabtree like i know i know a person named crabtree in real life and everybody else has all these like really ornate names and his name is charles crabtree charles crabtree he's the uh the deacon of of grimoire uh Ooh, and, the deacon well done uh and I think he meets them um, like Lyle sets up this like dinner with um, the deacon to like kind of sort of like help convince Jonathan that like, okay, like this organization is going to protect this like book of evil. And I think at this dinner, it's actually that's maybe they're having dinner for John F. Kennedy as well. So it's like this like sort of like we're like smooth like meeting of the uh, meeting of like the two worlds. Uh, and gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like an annual dinner. Where Grimoire, the head of the Deacon of Grimoire, and the President of the United States like sit down, yeah, and like maybe a lot of higher ups on, like all the Coven heads are there. And I think Jonathan Lewis and Mrs. Z are kind of like uh, their guests of honor because they saved the world, you know, mm-hmm. like that's uh, good, yeah, it's really yeah. good. Okay, it, that was all just trying to convince Jonathan that like, oh hey, we're gonna protect this thing. What if they use this as cover, like? The, oh no we don't have the book and then they show up in washington dc to visit an old friend in the magical objects department yeah it's pretty suspicious but like well yeah we can get there and be fine if we accept the dinner invitation yeah so this is like their cover for why they're in dc so something happens at the dinner obviously other than meeting jfk i think oh. maybe maybe someone puts them all to sleep or like something jan is at the dinner as a guest but she's a Jeff. She, she's a guest of John F. Kennedy, and it's like, oh, she's the, um, she's, what, what like fake position does oh, she have? She's she doesn't have a position there. She's there instead of Jackie Kennedy. Okay. And so like the rumor is like, oh, there's something there on the side, but she, and but only we and like Charles, the audience and Charles, really are the only ones who know who she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. They're 
and they don't think anything of her, right? Like she's just like a guest of the president. Because I don't, yeah. I don't know if like Jonathan has any problems with the American government necessarily. He, his his no. qualms are with the magical, like right. Um, so uh, he doesn't suspect them or any anyone because the uh, the American government actually has no idea what exists in the world, right? Like I have or to the scope. I think- I have an idea that would be kind of a neat scene. And that is because in the first movie, he meets that girl whose name I don't remember who likes bugs. Oh yeah. And I think we're supposed to intuit that they're going to maybe be a couple at some point, like mm-hmm. and that he likes her. So maybe he's like really Lewis really tries to bring JFK to task about not signing civil rights laws. Okay. Yeah. Like they meet him and he's like, Oh, well, yeah, man, like, what do you like? He asks, like, he's just, yeah, oh, you're, uh, that's very nice to meet you, son. And then he's like, well, Mr. President, I actually want to ask you some questions about why you refuse, like, why you haven't signed civil rights actions into law or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Because he's so bookish. Also, I only wanted to include JFK in this so you could do your stellar JFK impression again. Last heard on Super Mario Brothers 2, colon, the movie, colon, 2, colon, um, it's Super Mario Brothers colon the movie colon two colon Mario is missing colon the movie colon Mario yeah 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 uh, you switched the two in the movie there at one point but that's I, did. I forgive it's you great because we wouldn't be able to carry on if you didn't forgive me for that yeah. um, so at some point obviously JFK is aware of what the Barnevelts and Mrs Z did because he's he's up on the grim like grimoire I'll say files reports more of like hey by the way this happened. Yeah. Not like we we owe you reports. It's like this happened in in the magical world, and you should probably know because you're the president. And John F. Kennedy is fine with all of it as long as it gets cleaned up and like people don't like know like like mm-hmm. as long as uh, the grimoire can handle their own affairs, like he doesn't necessarily necessarily get involved too much. Yeah, but as long does... as they don't try to take take over America. Yeah, yeah. So there's like legislation between the two worlds what that if... is like it's like a treaty. What if we reveal at the end JFK wants the book as a nuclear option in case Grimoire ever tries to mm-hmm. I, to do something? I think we could. I think we could. Uh, since it, since um, Jan is JFK's friend, maybe she's mm-hmm. controlling him, hmm. or like maybe there's some sort of. Uh, or or we could do JFK actually just wants the book for some reason. I kind of like the idea of the twist. One, we get more JFK. Yeah. And two, I like that at the end, it's it's that plans within plans kind of thing yeah. of like, we think Grimoire wants the book for the power, but really they're trying to help Jan. And we think that Jan's going to give the book to, or whatever, Jan wants it for power, but really she wants something from JFK in return. He okay. has something she wants. So she's helping him get this book in return for information. And does she get that information at the end? No matter I think what, so. Even I mean, though I she think doesn't succeed, I think sh- I think if they don't succeed, she extracts the information. Yeah. from JFK. Yeah, um, like he, she extracts it from his mind, like using some sort of magic or like through torture. I I have a really stupid idea. He won't tell her the information at the end, and so she pulls a gun out of her pocket and she fires it out the window. And he oh was like, my well, that... God. She's like, well, that was, well, I hear uh, that seemed like a waste of a shot. And she's like, oh, no, don't worry. It'll find you one day. Oh, God, that's dark. I mean, yeah, you wanted more darkness in the film. I think she does need to get the information. I think 
Yeah. Like I said, I think she extracts it, even if they don't get the book. Like in her mind, it's like, I'm getting my information. I don't actually care if we get the book. Do the betrayals happen at this dinner then? Is this kind of our... Um, I think the dinner goes off because I think it's just an intro to the players of the movie, sort of. Like, you know, like um, they have the dinner and we see that Jan is guest of the Kennedy. And I'm guessing just like what happens after the dinner, right? I think that's right. what... Um, do we think the dinner gets attacked or something happens in this house? Is it the White House that... Um, Okay. The dinner's happening then? Yes. Okay. What if what if we have some kind of visual or audible thing with the book? Like there's a humming or like like if somebody in the possession of the book has like a weird rash or something, so that as they're leaving the dinner, um, Lewis can clock that Charles Crabtree has this thing and so then can intuit he has the book. So now they have to stick around to try to get it back because arguably they don't know anything's going on. This dinner's over. They're just going to go home thinking job done. So they, they hex the book to give someone a rash if they, if they uh, touch it or something like that. Or yeah. Or it's just so evil. It starts like contact with it or something corrupts. I don't know. Just some way that, that they can see, okay, wait, we've actually have to stay in. We got, there's work to do. Like Grimoire has the book. Worst case scenario we could have ever dreamed of. Um, it has happened and now we got to do something about it. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that Illuminati wants the book, right? So like, that's like, um, so I mean, but that complicates, I'm just saying other, like we've, we've established a scenario where our main characters are basically just going to go home now. Yeah. And I think that I like, instead of like, no one's going to attack them, they don't need them anymore. So they need to see somehow a bad thing has happened with the book and then now they need to stick around. Okay. That's that's my only point. Like what if the whole thing like what if we did like an Ocean's 11 type thing and they did a they they actually had a fake book. Well, it's uh, Kate Blanchett, so Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8, yeah. Uh they had a fake book um that was a test uh that and Crabtree failed the test and that's how they know cuz he has that rash. So they want to follow him to see where they uh, where he takes the book and he meets up with the Illuminati head. I love Jan. it. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then that's where they realize that it's not actually the book. And, they, and maybe they're like, it's a, uh, it's a book about, it's a book of spells of how to um, get rid of athletes foot or something like that. What if it's a book about topiary constipation, just as a fun callback to that. That's really good, good shitting topiary joke. That's good. And what were they feeding that lion that it was having like the it was having like the mud butt like birds yeah probably probably birds probably trash birds okay um so the, I like this idea that it's a fake and so what I mean I think then they try to go contact Lyle and they're like get Lyle down here we're gonna like torture him until he tells us where the actual book is so wait, they gave him the actual book or they didn't. Or they still have it. Because I thought you were saying they gave Lyle the fake. And they still have the original. I was... I think they're blaming Lyle for it to happen. I don't think it's like... Uh, like I, I think it's just to carry us back to Lyle. Or do you think it should? they should be trying to track down the family? Because like, I could see them going back to Lyle and then being like, Oh god, oh god we, oh. Gotta go, we gotta go like save Lyle now. Right? I, I don't know. I think that... The, the people find out that the book is a fake, like the Illuminati or whatever, 
Um, and they go after Jonathan and Mrs. Z and Lewis. And, but maybe they're ready for him because now it's like revealed that this was all an ocean's plan. Yeah. But I just don't know why, like, cause arguably they, once they realized that, that they were wrong, they just leave town with the book again. Like, right. Yeah. They wouldn't really need to stick around. But don't they need like a, a safe, like they, they still have the book. So what are they going to do with it now that they know they can't trust Grimoire? What's their plan B? I mean, Volcano. <laughs> yeah. Arguably, isn't there like a room in that house that you can't find if you're a warlock? Is a that true? Warlock? I think that was where the clock was hidden, which is why only Lewis could find it because he wasn't a warlock. Oh. Uh, but I mean, at that point, we basically could have just locked it in there in the beginning and never had to worry yeah, about yeah, it ever yeah, again. Yeah. So, um, that room is destroyed. So, what if um, they need? Yeah, go ahead. What if Mrs. Z, um, like her next best plan is because the book can't be destroyed. I'm taking it. Like, like we can't. It's mm-hmm. impossible to destroy the book. Like the the book won't let so, itself yeah. be destroyed. So, mm-hmm. um, what if they? I'm just trying to think of like a good place to like. I'm thinking volcano, but like like. It's yeah, there's not that many volcanoes around. Yeah. There needs to be some kind of like magical spot in DC or something where it's said that like it can destroy anything, but it's like a legend. No one believes it exists or something. It's a like Ben Franklin's workshop or some shit like that. So they call Benjamin Franklin uh I forgot his last name, so that joke sucked. The National Treasure Nick Cage. It doesn't matter. This is a waste of our time. Gates. Um, okay, so they have... We're building to this battle. Mm-hmm. Why Why would there need to be this huge battle? I mean, Do I they get the book and use it? Or where, Wherever um, wherever the, the place is in D.C. where they're going to take this book, I think they get intercepted mm-hmm. and the, it gets stolen. And now they have to get it back. They're going to amass an army uh, to take over the government. The government right okay yeah yeah um so once that army summoned i think uh jonathan mrs z and lewis and lyle you think lyle is on their side i think lyle's dead you think lyle's dead yeah I, my thought was that they killed him maybe to get like they tortured him for the information and then killed him yeah um, maybe because I can also see since Lyle is in the coven of magical antiquities, him to just like gear up, gear them up with a bunch of like magic items, right? I mean, I think they can go back and gear themselves up. Yeah. Like, I just don't know if we need Lyle anymore, and it doesn't make sense to me that the head of the coven would uh, extract this information from one of his employees and then just be like, "All right, good job, go back about your day." Like, don't report me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to kill him because he he could be a bargaining chip. I'm fine with not killing him. I'm just yeah. I that that was where I was coming from. They, why I they thought could, he was. They dead. could save Lyle, and then Lyle knows the the gear that they could like that they could use to um, fight off this like army or like that they could in this battle. Okay. Um, so and okay, one, so here's, one of the things that they do is. They can animate like I think one I think Jonathan or Lewis animates the Abraham Lincoln uh, thing sure. and kills the zombies, right? 
Um, so they they realize that Charles has the book, and they know that there's no way that they can get it back from him at this point. Like there's way too much. There's too many people between them and him. Like the the resources he has. So they decide what they need is like specialty gear or whatever. So they go to find Lyle, like pissed off at him, and they find him like near death. Cause I like they they save him, but mostly like they find him on the floor and almost dead from being like magically tortured and stuff. Because I just I can't imagine Charles just like letting him go. Yeah. Like he left him for dead, but he doesn't die, they save him. And so he knows how to like give them stuff. I think we need to put also something like, oh, it has to be done on Halloween. By like midnight on Halloween or something to put a time for well, one because it's magic and it's kind of arguably a sort of kids movie. What if the blood so moon is happening? Yeah, something like that. Like All Hallows Eve, it's the perfect time to break the, that classic breaching the wall between life and death. It's the time where the ethers are the thinnest. Blah blah blah. But that also puts a time limit on why they need the book now. That puts also gives us like okay, now we have an end inside of like it has to be done by the end of today or whatever. So we are kind of. All right, so they get all their shit from Lyle, and we see Grimoire handing over the real book, which they stole. They they come back. They they show up while they're rescuing Lyle. Like they go to the the Coven of Magical Objects. They find Lyle near death. They're like re- they're getting him back to health, and Charles and his goons walk in like, "Give us the book now, thanks." Because I mean, they don't have the book yet. They have the decoy, and if. Mrs. Z and Charles and Jonathan go straight from the dinner to go save Lyle. They still have the book. Yeah. And I think in this battle, they, uh, the other people get the book. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 This is where, this is where Grimoire and the Illuminati argue. Well, the Grim- Charles gets the book to then we'll give to the Illuminati. Yes. Yes. Um, um, and then I think they go back then maybe they meet at like a graveyard Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, and then that's I think when that they the, raise the dead. I think there's a, a fight scene here, though, where Charles is like, well, okay, now I'm just going to kill you all because you know too much. Yeah. And sure. he and some of his goons get in a fight with Mrs. Z and where, and Lyle helps them with magic tech and stuff. And they actually defeat Charles here. I think we need to get rid of one of our bosses here. Yeah. Do they kill Charles? I think Charles is the only one that gets away because he's the one that's going to hand off the book to Jan. Well, no, right? I think he hands it to one of his underlings, like, go deliver this now. Time's running out. I think he gets turned into the giant Jack Black baby, but it's a giant giant Chris Hemsworth baby. So he gets changed into a baby. Someone gets changed into a baby in this movie, too. With the, with the big head. Yeah, because that, that was so funny to me. Okay. It was also horrifying, but, like, also very imagine horrifying. Chris Hemsworth with a like a somewhat large chris hemsworth baby with his adult face just like crying yeah i think it's very funny okay cool then we move on to them chasing down uh um jan (sighs) who has the book now she's going to arlington arlington the cemetery national cemetery oh god where where like yeah veterans are buried i mean it makes sense right so also where jfk will be buried yeah <laughs> in that timeline she gives it to jfk but the book corrupts him and he summons the the army like it's like the one ring and it, like it corrupts you and you want to keep it he's he was just going to put it away somewhere in case he needed it but the book is like actively evil and it was like no no use it use the book okay 
So it's, and so he does and summons his army because he's it like feeds on his paranoia and so he sends it out to like kill wizards. So the book itself has a like uh, a mind, sure, sort of. Yeah, like, I so, mean, I don't think that's too much of a stretch at this point. And maybe the mind of it is the voice of Kyle MacLachlan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, but he sends it out to hunt down and kill like wizards and witches. Yeah, because he's got this paranoia that Grimoire is going to turn on them. It's like okay, we just got to get rid of people who can do magic. For sure. Um, so they need to get... Th- so it, it's Jonathan Lewis and Mrs. Z um, going into this battle with John F.K., who has raised a zombie mm-hmm. army. I like that you called him John F.K. John F.K. So what they do, they, they see this army arise like and is lining up on like maybe the White House lawn, and they're like, we need to get that book from him. He's become corrupted, and um, who knows... This is this is just tonight. What? Who knows what? Another day of this. There's still time to like clean this up so ma- nobody finds out about this. Actually, in Arlington National Cemetery, there is the Custis House, which was the house owned by um, Robert E. Lee's family. Okay. And the reason that it's there, like that, used to be his family's property. And the reason Arlington National Cemetery is there is because General Grant ordered it to become a Union graveyard so that Robert E. Lee would never come back after the Civil War. Okay. Basically, it was like I don't. You're a piece of shit, so I don't ever want you to come back to your like this house that you grew up in and love as a kid. So he buried Union soldiers on the grounds, and that's how Arlington started. So I think that maybe that's the house. I feel like JFK needs to be on site on at Arlington because it's okay. a decent way away from the White House, and so I feel like and, having him there. And we're making this a little more, more complex, but um, since it's a book of necromancy, what if the ghost mm-hmm. of Robert E. Lee, <laughs> like? I don't know if he's buried there, but I, I'm fine with that in general. I mean, like we could yeah. have his zombie, but yeah, like yeah, he's definitely leading the, okay. <laughs> the zombie army. So how? Do, okay, so do we want miss like one of them to stay to try to fight JFK while the other two try to handle the zombies with Lyle, or are all three trying to fight the now necromancer JFK with magics and Lyle is using the tech and stuff and like other wizards or because I like the idea of like a widespread wizard duel, like uh, like one wizard animating yeah. The, the monument while other wizards are doing other wizard stuff think, throughout Washington. I think Mrs. Z animates the monument because I feel like her powers are like, uh, okay. I think like, and Lewis is, I don't know what's some Washington thing. Like maybe he's uh, just, so there's the Washington monument, the Smithsonian. I mean, they could animate a bunch of shit from inside the Smithsonian. What if, what if he's using a lot of the magical items that Lyle gave them? Like, and he's like okay. a tech dude. And then like Jonathan is going for JFK. Um, okay. Okay. So they have this battle. Um, there's a huge Abraham Lincoln just like wiping out like uh, zombies, like yeah. zombie zombie hordes. Lewis is using all these like magical like gadgets and like like mm-hmm. relics and stuff to like fight off. Like, what are the, some of the what are some of the magical like um, things that he has? Um, I'm imagining like a I... pistol that he can like blast out energy or something like like channel okay. like. Maybe he can channel the sun into it, and then he, like, blasts. See, I had a similar thing, because I think we're talking about Blood Moon rising. And this, what if it's a telescope that he'll, like, look up, and he sees a star, and then he can, like, blast light out of the telescope. He's, like, pulling the stars from the sky, too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe more of, like, a charge. But, yeah, like, they could blink out. And I think, obviously, they come back at some point. But, like, briefly, he's, like, stealing the light of the stars to, like, blast zombies with from a telescope. Yeah. What if he has beans? Or like like or from beans. even Stevens? Yeah, yeah. He has he has beans from even Stevens. 
and um, he throws beans on the ground, and he's like, and <laughs> um, sorry, uh, but no, he has beans that he throws to the ground, and it just creates a hole. So he's hmm. like dropping like zombies into these holes, like throughout I mean, like two. We could do a fun Jack and the Beanstalk reference, and it could be little like beanstalks that tangle them up. Yeah, that'd be good too. Yeah, um, um, it could be both. Just every flavor beans. Every, um, like it's there. Maybe it's like a thing that Lyle shows him like earlier. Like if uh, these beans do like a lot of different things, and he's just like no, throwing no. them everywhere. I, I was making a Harry Potter joke. Oh, okay. Every flavor beans. Not Harry Potter. <laughs> um. All right. I like that. I think then like one more thing, um, and it's got to be some kind of like melee because we have like he's throwing we have aoe we have yeah uh range yeah um it do you think it's like a sword or like a yeah i think a sword that um um what if it's are there any magical pirates not that i know of um, uh, say like blackbeard's like cutlass or this um, is turning into warehouse 13 yeah um, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> it's it's just a sword that um it's just a sword it's just a sword <laughs> i'm thinking of like the dawn guard like you play skyrim like uh yeah um that's been a while the dawn breaker and it's mm. like it's holy magic so he just like swipes it and then like zombies just explode i'm um, fine with that that works fine i mean cool. we don't need to, to be too fancy cool um it's martin luther's sword <laughs> or i don't know like i'm just trying to think of it like is, it's fine Jesus a sword. Um, uh, <laughs> but Jesus didn't have a sword. It's like, so, or says you or something like yeah. that. Like I just um, okay. So they're focusing on fighting JFK. Is it just like that classic? I mean, like the Avengers, where they're just blasting at the big bad and nothing really seems to be working. And then how do they finally get through? Um, I think it's Jonathan at the end who like disarms uh jfk and i feel it needs to be a callback to something Mm -hmm. how he like oh um okay 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 um so there's the custis house where he's like out like on a balcony or something i don't know if there's maybe maybe he's like he's in the house though yeah arguably and they can't get to the house because of this force field whatever so they use the the door magic from the plane okay to get into the house. Yeah. But that'll take Mrs. Z out of the fight. She's not dead, but she just won't have the energy to be able to continue the fight. So it'll be down to Jonathan and Lewis. But that gets him in the house. And now they confront JFK. Do they, like, fight him or do they reason with him? I feel like Lewis could, like, try to reason with him to try to, like, break him out of the spell. Um, mm-hmm. What if he breaks up civil rights again? To, he could. Like, break through to him like we had this connection not connection but yeah like, yeah we we talked earlier remember and like, oh laws. yeah or oh yeah yeah you were uh you saved the world there it's like yeah that's right mr president now you can save the world put the book down yeah yeah and he's like i'm he's like book what book and then he like looks down he sees he's holding it and then they just gotta get it out of his hand so or shut it even yeah or shut it so well, I think Lewis, I mean, Lewis just is inching his way forward, mm-hmm. talking to him 
and finally gets up there and like puts his hands over JFK's hands and they like shut the book together. Like it's not hard to shut. It's just they needed to get there to do it. What if um what if the door could you say he's on a balcony? Mm, oh, he could be. I don't remember if there's a balcony on that house or not. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't um, really matter. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the door magic again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe there's something we could set up earlier on where like you know how he has like the chair pet? Like the, the pet chair. Like Yeah. Like maybe earlier on in the movie he teaches Lewis how to do that. Like kind of create uh, this like like so okay. Yeah, we open on them doing like learning that. Yeah. And uh he maybe Lewis convinces him to like sit down in the chair and mm-hmm. the in a chair and then they're having a talk. Um and then he magics the chair like while mm. JFK is sitting in it and it like knocks the book out of his hand and Jonathan dives and grabs it and then it knocks JFK out of the uh, equation. The other thing I thought is it to use the door magic again to enchant one of the doors. So the lion, uh, the, the lion uh, like bush thing jumps through and like knocks him down. So it knocks the book oh, out of his hand. I thought you were going to say shit on him. Um, sure. I don't know. I feel like to one to differentiate from the first film reasoning with him and breaking through is maybe it's just, it is different of an ending. Yeah. I I feel like Lewis's thing generally comes from like compassion, even in the first one. Yeah. And like Jonathan's like, I'm going to, I guess I'm gonna have to kill the president of the United States of America or whatever. That's what I'm doing today. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the exact line. Guess I'm killing the president of the United States. That's what I'm doing today. Um, and Lewis is like, well, no, no, we can talk to him. Yeah. But also that implies then that there was a, like, I don't know. We'd have to make JFK more of a character. Not like right now, but in the film, he'd be more of a character to be, so that he could be reasoned with. Like, Yeah. I mean, I think that dinner scene is where we would have had to, like, really And we can just retcon out. that we did. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. We did. Hey, hey, audience, we did. Remember when we did it? We did it. Hey. Did we do it? That's what we did. Yeah. That's what we did today. Yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah, what I don't know, I, I'm fine with the enchanting the chair because it's a good like it, we can tie it into something from the f- beginning of the movie, and that's always good writing. Yeah. But I don't know, I feel like reasoning with him is the better for me, in my opinion. But um, we can flip a coin if you want to do the chair thing. I'm fine with either. I think the reasoning isn't like I, th- I think it's both, right? I think he convinces him to sit down, then he enchants the chair to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, I think I think it is both. So. Okay. Yeah, JFK can't shut the book. Yeah. He's like, I can't do it. So he like enchants a chair. Yeah. Or like they can't he can't get Lewis can't get close enough to do it either. Yeah. That um, works. Okay. Cool. So after all that's done, they have the book. Mm-hmm. What do they do with the book? And they clean up Arlington Cemetery and put Abe Lincoln back. What if they give it to Grimoire because Lyle has been promoted to Deacon? Sure. That's fine. Yeah, I think that makes uh, and movies do that. It's like okay, this guy's in charge now. Okay, sure. Um, and I think Chris Hemsworth, or sorry, Charles Crabtree, has been like turned back into an adult, but is now like under arrest. Yeah, yeah. Magical arrest. Yeah. And so the book is now in this like impenetrable sphere, like puzzle sphere that can't yeah. be uh that can't be undone. Um. Um, I imagine like 
uh, did you watch the new season of Sabrina or not the new season, the, the, yeah. fir- the first season of yeah. Sabrina? Okay. You remember yes, that like puzzle box that like she has? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I imagine it's something like that. Sure. That's fine. Um, yeah. Like Lyle builds like a prison of some kind for the bo- for the book. Yeah. Um, so they go home to Michigan then. Yes. Then they go home to Michigan and I think that's where they're done. Then we see the scene with Jan and JFK. Uh, yeah. Where and I think he just hands her like a file, I think. Yeah. And then he, she erases his mind <laughs> of ever knowing her. Boom. Yeah. Okay. That was a struggle, but we did it. Um Whoa, hold on, Madison. What's this? What? A post credit scene? Okay. We see Mrs. Z and Jonathan uh, in the house and they're walking like through some of the various like storerooms that they have there. And she says uh, something like, you know, now that the book is gone, uh, they're not going to come look at, they're not going to come around here anymore. So we can, you know, we don't have to hide it as bad or whatever. We don't have to hide it so deeply. And Jonathan's like, I still don't know why we have it here. And they open a box and we hear, and this is where I'm going to put in Madison, the Jumanji drums. Okay. Whoa. What's this? A second post credit scene? Madison? What? Two post credits, Mike? We see Jennifer Aniston as Jan Thorncrest sitting behind a desk. The text on the screen reads, present day. She is picking up many files and on the TV, like a screen behind her, we see um, a jungle, a mountain, and the space all together, much like the pest logo. Yeah. And she says, as you can see, we hold all the cards. And then we hear a very familiar voice from off screen. It's all coming together, guys. Say, in a very deep British voice, yeah. Well, let's see if I can't equalize that. And we pan around, and we see Idris Elba. What? (sighs) I'm retconning Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, as this Idris Elba character, as the head of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., basically. Okay. That's right, Frequels. Next week. It's time. No assembly required. My Avengers pitch will arrive. And it's probably going to be an extra long episode. This has been how many episodes that I'm making? Which episode is this? This is episode 51. 51? So Over a, a year in the making. This is a year in the making. This is a year celebration. A year's worth of content. If you, you I, mean, have... I mean, if you listen weekly. A weekly, yes, I a, will. A weekly, a weekly listening schedules worth of content. Tomorrow, as this is, you're hearing this. As I, if you're listening to this on release day, tomorrow, I will release um, a list of the episodes that, if you want to, like, if you want to, kind of be caught up, assuming you haven't, or refresh your memory, these are the ones you should probably listen to. And I'll also then release a list of. If you want to get every reference I'm making, this is the list you should listen you to. You also but... skip to the very end of those episodes just to hear the, the post. Well, no, I mean some of the some of the stuff I've built in is from the, the actual pitches, yeah. but um, there will be a minute like a list of like if you listen to these, you'll be caught up enough. There will be a list of like if you want to catch everything, here's your listen. But next week, my Avengers soar, and as last count of that we've talked about it is luigi mario and sky captain and there will be others that i don't think i've mentioned are on the team on episodes but uh it's a pretty good team and 
It is the stupidest thing I have ever done, but it's so good. I am so looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, Madison legitimately, I've told, like, I've told Madison little bits here and there to, like, just, like, I kind of need this for this or whatever, but, like, minor things. But, like, Madison has no idea. I I, I legitimately have no idea what this, um, maybe abomination that you're you're making. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, it's like a humunculus um, (laughs) golem of basically little pits pieces of all of our episodes to create this one movie um and i'm sure it is going to be a riot it's it's going to be a lot it's i'm i'm so excited so next time i can't i can't imagine either of us being a lot at any point well so did we do it we did it we did it. it it was a long long road well, if we did it, then that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. The people can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Like in sequel. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers where we post the episode art and woof what I have no idea. I might have to bust out the JFK I use for Super Mario Bros. Cole in the movie, Cole in 2, Cole in Mario is missing, Cole in the movie. Everybody, rate and review us, please. Please, please. We would really appreciate any sort of review, whether it be middling or or great. Any kind, any kind, great, great, that's it, but not, but not bad. No, I'm kidding. No, because honestly, reviews help us like, uh, uh, fit or address things in the show that we may need to like work on, or, um, also reviews help us get up in those iTunes numbers and stuff. Like, um, the more you review something, um, the more likely someone will see our show. Um, so tell a friend, give us an iTunes review, um, We'd really appreciate it as we approach our year's worth of content anniversary. Well, we've already, yeah, I guess yeah. 52 episodes yeah. is t- a year, but yeah. Yeah. Special thanks on our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Noel. I guess I'm going to kill the President of the United States. That's what I'm doing today. To be continued. Cool. Oh my god. Well, this will definitely get us on some kind of watch list. Yeah.